Hi, I'm Niv. Hi, I'm Martin. And we are Asteroids in Exile. Everything they've built will fall! to do the introduction today. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Asteroids in Exile. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> We're back again after a longer hiatus than usual. Has it been longer? I think we're, we're one or two weeks over. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. We gotta we watch people down. We gotta watch that schedule. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> Our humblest apologies. <laughs> <laughs> and our big thing today Yeah, what are we going to talk about? The movie, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse. Well, we're finally going to get to do a review, and I'm sure people are wondering, was it good? Was it bad? How was it? What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not sure if we can, we can give you a, defi- a definitive answer, because, you know, <laughs> it's an age and not the day of apocalypse, or the hour of apocalypse. <laughs> it goes on for a while, and for what while, exactly yeah. happens, we're not quite sure. It could take, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our review. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So we're going to talk about Age of Apocalypse, um, talk about some comics. Yeah. Um, I also saw the movie Independence Day, did, did, or Re- Independence Day Resurgence. Did you watch that? No. No? Oh, it's but fine. That's good. Shout out <laughs> to the Austrian designers who made the spaceships. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, heard cool. about it yesterday. And nice. the nation is pretty proud of them. <laughs> we designed the spaceships that destroyed the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got some new sort of, just kind of quick review about what the upcoming upcoming movies are as well. So we got um, Suicide Squad, Jason Bourne, Star Trek. Um, did we talk about Rogue One last time? Because we're doing all the reshoots uh, and stuff. We talked about the trailer. Just the trailer, okay. So, just some thoughts on what's going on with the Star Wars universe. Warcraft. Did you watch Warcraft? No. <laughs> no, okay. No, it's fine. I mean, again, I'm... Have I you have, seen it? I have a... Um, I have a weakness for watching bad movies. So, we'll go through Warcraft real quickly. Okay. <laughs> Quicker than that. <laughs> um, and then on the TV front, what have you been watching? I've only watched uh, the, the latest... Uh, the latest Voltron remake. The Voltron remake. The Voltron the remake. Voltron All right, remake. cool. Yeah, I've I've heard some good things about that, so it'll be interesting to see what, what you have to say. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Sneak peek. <laughs> Top line summary. It's it, awesome. It, it cost me a day of my life. Seriously? And I don't regret it. <laughs> awesome. All right, so let's start at the top then. So, um, Age of Apocalypse. What do you think? Um... I think uh, my my opinion about the movie is better than the general opinion because it, I thought it to be really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it has uh, a lot of flaws. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but um, I, I I don't get why why some people call it um, a failure and and or, or or rank it behind Days of Future Past because I think they complement each other uh, rather well. Yeah. The thing with um with Age of Apocalypse for me was 
you know, it was so close to the 90s cartoon and the X-Men that we know and love. Um, from the 90s cartoon with, like, all the bright, colorful costumes and yeah. just over-the-top action sequences and stuff. That part was really cool. Like, I heard somebody say that, you know, if somebody told my 11-year-old me that you're going to get an X-Men movie and it's going to have, like, they're all going to be, you know, Psylocke's going to be wearing the Psylocke costume and, you know, it's, you know, they're going to have the fight with Apocalypse and Apocalypse is going to look like that and stuff like that. You would have been like, awesome, that's exactly what I want. Sign me up. But then when you grow up and you kind of actually see it all happen, you're like... Okay, it's a little bit too cartoony, you know? Um, And I think that's what it was for me. Like, it was great in the sense that I got to see all the stuff from the X-Men that I wanted to see. Um, But it had a level of, like, unbelievability as a grown-up that I just couldn't get over. Like, I didn't understand what the motivations were for the Four Horsemen. Like, why were they with Apocalypse? You know, it sounded, it felt, it felt a little bit like he was like, hey, I'm going to give you a new haircut and new clothes. Join my gang. You know, like, that's pretty much what he gave them, you know? If they went over, like, some sort of, like, mind control, or if they talked about something like that, it would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a note that says, I'm getting a face tattoo. Uh, In the the scene where uh, Xavier contacts Magneto uh, telepathically, and Magneto... uh, Goes away from the group and he turns around uh, to if and looks if anybody noticed him him leaving and Apocalypse is giving Archangel the the face paint in that yeah. moment. <laughs> I thought the next line of dialogue would be, uh, you know, Xavier asking him, "Hey, um, Eric, where are you? Is everything all right?" And he goes like, "I'm getting a face tattoo." <laughs> Dead. Busy <laughs> now, like getting a facial yeah, tattoo. Yeah. Tattoo. <laughs> 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 it was yeah like. That scene was in itself just so strange to see Apocalypse like bestowing the facial tattoo on Archangel, but it it was meaningless for like what was actually going on there. Like, was he literally just giving them a new haircut and, and clothing? Like, you know? yeah. it would have it would have been better, I think, or funnier at least if he actually had like clippers and he was actually shaving his head and giving him the mohawk because he gave both you know both angel and storm got mohawks out of the deal you know it's like it's our official haircut team apocalypse (laughs) Psylocke got a costume because her the look as a as an enforcer that she had in the bar that looked great she had the window and actual trousers (laughs) (laughs) and she got the costume it was a bit strange and for me, that was the biggest thing that was missing from the movie is that I think the story aspect was just completely, I don't know, it yeah. felt like it was completely overlooked. Like they took the apocalypse story and they said, all right, we've got to have the four horsemen. But they didn't sort of tie together the why of the whole thing. And so that kind of fell flat for me. Um, but the other things, like the way they showed just that last fight scene with the phoenix when Gene sort of becomes the phoenix and like phoenix, steps yeah. out into the air as to just walk forward slowly like that was so cool like I yep. want to see more of that in the next movie hopefully and I want to see a Dark Phoenix storyline coming out of this like done properly um, I guess that's the, next, that's the next thing we'll get which you say you kind of have a scared look in your face <laughs> yeah it's because when you think of all the the, the big X-Men stories um, that I know of uh, the next one would be uh, Dark Phoenix yeah but wouldn't we have to bring the guy from First Class back, Sebastian Shaw, uh, played by um, the Invisible Man? <laughs> um, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, thank you. Yeah. Well, 
you could use Sebastian Shaw, but um, I mean, there's enough characters in the whole universe now, just of just, yeah, just the X universe. Yeah. So you could, because what I would really like is if they brought Emma Frost back, because January Jones. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. she didn't really leave a massive dent with that role, but if you do Emma Frost properly, you know, use her as the White Queen, playing yeah. that whole thing with uh, with you know her role with the Dark Phoenix. But again, you couldn't do the whole Dark Phoenix storyline as it was in the comics, because you'd also need to introduce the Shi'ar as well, right? Oh, yeah. So you'd have, like, a massive alien race um, and a whole different alien civilization. Perhaps they bring the baseball movie next. Two hours of them playing baseball and (laughs) sorting out everything that happens in between. And at the end, the Shi'ar land and say... We have to take her in because she's dangerous. And then we go directly into the Dark Phoenix <laughs> thing two yeah. years later. Three years later. They could do like an Angels in the Outfield storyline and the Angels turn out to be the Shia. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I really like like that part. Um, even when the cartoon did it in the 90s, uh, yeah. did they actually... I don't know whether I'm remembering like the actual comic and it's just animated in my head or whether it's actually happened in the animated series. But when the Shi'a show up, like, it was just so cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the design of the Shi'a is awesome with yeah. the, the the head, uh, the helmets yeah. and stuff. And the well, even figures, the slender The, the slender characters. Yeah. yeah, the characters like Gladiator and... Gladiator, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lilandra and her little risque love affair with Charles Xavier. You know, yeah, there was, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff there. That's why that makes the X-Men so interesting. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I'm missing from those movies to a certain to a certain degree. The the, the soap opera, too many characters uh, and not enough meaningful interactions between yeah. them. Except Scott and Jane, but that was uh, yeah. So, uh, what uh, did you think of Jean Grey? Actually, uh, you know, I'm 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 Sansa Stark. I mean, she. She is a beautiful woman, uh, no doubt about it, but she has a very uh, big forehead. I, really? I'm always <laughs> afraid that in the next scene her, her hair is going to fall out. Uh, her hair was pulled back very tightly, I've got to yeah, say. Yeah, like, and it's, it's put me off in Game of Thrones as well. Right. Because I, I was always... It, so, it sounds stupid, it just, it just bothered me. And uh, during yeah. the whole... Th- you know, I just looked at her hair, at her hairline uh, <laughs> through the through the movie. I didn't see any any facial expression except for the end when she when she has the phoenix. When she went phoenix, I think. I mean, that, so something similar to that is what sort of annoyed me as well. Is Jean Grey looked so similar to Sansa Stark? Like they said, they had the same haircut, right? Yeah. One of the easy things they could have done was give Jean Grey a different hairstyle because in the comics, like her hair is like huge. It's this big yeah. red, red, huge. Um, not mess, but hair. you know, it's she, she's got a bit of a mane. They they could have given the the character in the like the way they did the makeup and hair in the movie more kind of a different look to what Sansa Stark has because yeah. all I saw when I watched it was Sansa Stark trying to be Jean Grey and yeah. <laughs> that did yeah. kind of put me off. I'm like, you know, where's Ramsay Bolton going to show up? Kind of thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I think she did an all right job. I mean, I, I don't think she had the best lines in the show. Like, all of the characters were kind of written very, very two-dimensionally. Yeah, that's so, the problem. Yeah. Lesser, lesser characters, more interaction. That would, would have been great. But all these this, uh, fan service appearances. Yeah, like, Jubilee was wasted as well. Like, yeah. they went through this whole hype and hoopla about having Jubilee in the movie and what her powers were going to be like and stuff. Yeah. And then she did nothing except go to the mall 
Yeah. Her only role in there was just to go to the mall, you know? And I think they, they were... They watched them. They watched what Empire Strikes Back or something. I can't remember. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Say, uh, third one is the worst one. Oh, that's right. Or yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so it was it was good to see the characters, but yeah, you're right. It was just fan service. I would rather they would have had just background characters and other kids in this in the school, but focused a bit more on the ones that they were trying yeah. to talk about, like Cyclops. You know, I didn't get a feel for like what that character was going through or what he was like it felt very much like the whole James Marsden debacle all over again where Cyclops was just you know wasted um and you really didn't get a sense of he was just annoying you know um because he was just there trying to be like a boy scout all the time yeah he should have been uh, in the back introduced through the uh the whole school scene mm-hmm. uh then brought into the Uh, into the academy and then stayed in the background, not with too many lines. Oh, but he he's Havoc's brother, so yeah, there should have been a, a few lines. Well, you, th there was no emotional weight, I think. Well, there was very little emotional weight yeah. to those stories. Like the whole thing, I think he was being bullied and stuff like that in school, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't feel that was strong enough for, like, a character introduction. Because for the rest of the movie, like, he didn't really have an obstacle to overcome. He just kind of played a victim, to me, is what it felt felt like. You know, he really didn't have a, have a challenge that he was trying to overcome through the course of the movie, which is what would have given him a bit of a character arc. Okay, yeah. um, But there was so, so much else, like uh, Storm's... Um, rec or, um, Storm's change of mind, then... The whole Quicksilver thing that went nowhere. The Quicksilver, uh, yeah, Quicksilver, I think, again, was just an excuse to give us an action set piece. Yeah. Um, but more. to me, though, like, Quicksilver and... I can't remember the name of the actor who plays him, but that was, like, the, the most enjoyable parts of the movie for me. I yeah. think that that actor brought a lot of fun and energy into the movie, uh, which was missing for... A lot of the other characters were very angsty, very yeah. kind of heavy, whereas Quicksilver felt a bit light on. So that, that was good. I mean, I mean, he brought a lightness and levity to the movie. To the movie, yeah. Um, who is, and then, like, Nightcrawler was interesting. Angel yeah, was but, interesting, but I wanted to see a whole lot more coming out of that. And understand who those characters were. Yeah. Yeah. I, the whole thing that Angel suddenly is a, is a cage fighter and is seemingly enjoying it. Yeah. And just, just a Metallica. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? In, in some warehouse? In a, wasn't he just in a random German warehouse or something yeah. like that's where all that was happening yeah it was a little bit too like again it was too it didn't make sense with like what the why I don't know um, they also again like neglected the whole story that Angel goes through in terms of losing his wings yeah. and getting turned like that was one of the cool parts of the Age of Apocalypse storyline no yeah. it wasn't actually the Age of Apocalypse storyline but it was Angel's storyline for how he becomes the Archangel of Death right yeah. and the Horseman of Apocalypse is that he loses his wings and goes through this you know all this horrible torture and um, just this horrible trauma and then that's partly what Apocalypse gives him back in turning him into into a uh, horseman is by him getting his wings back as the metal wings. And that was that was Miss, you know, I think Sawley, he just got his wings damaged and then they were like, hey, join our team, we'll give you a haircut. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And just going back to what you were saying about Storm as well, like, why, 
why did she change teams? Like, her motivation through the whole thing. She was fine to, like, watch the world burn for a while, you know? Watch Apocalypse destroy, like, everything. And then it's only when she saw Mystique, you know, on the other side of the... Like, on the other team, when she's like, oh, maybe I'm on the wrong team. I'm like, what kind of morality do you have, girl, that you can watch everything get destroyed and all these people die and be like, yeah, you know what, it's okay, but Mystique, that's my line. You know, that's the line I'm looking across. I don't know, it was a bit weird. And then at the end of the movie, she was like, oh, I'm going to join the house. I'm going to join the school now. It's like, and I was a bad guy half an hour ago, you know? <laughs> yeah, she, they should have gotten uh, another character. But then how, could, how would you have gotten uh, Storm into the movie? Well, because the thing with Apocalypse was great that he say, uh, that she takes him in. Uh, there was an, uh, 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 a, neat, a neat twist, so to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think you still could have done the thing where um, Storm takes him in out of like being a nice person because she's yeah. like trying to help him out, but then he betrays her. And this way, I think a simple trope like mind control would have come would have worked. Yeah, would have really worked. well to just explain that part because you know she does a nice thing by taking him in, but he then takes advantage of her by putting her under mind control, yeah. and then she remains under mind control, but she's able to fight it back when she sees Mystique um, being on the other side because she realizes that that's her hero kind of thing. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. and that's how she breaks out of the mind control. And if they had just done that mind control thing. Everyone would have accepted it because we're all so familiar with mind control and how it works. You yeah. know? And then it would, have, it would have taken that whole thing around the motivation of the characters for why they joined Apocalypse would have been easy. Yeah, easier to explain. Um, they could have maybe avoided that with Magneto. Like maybe he just joins out of his own accord. But with Psylocke, Angel and, um, Apoc- and Storm, it would have been great to have just been like a mind control thing. Control I think. thing. And... Because you mentioned Magneto, I think he was totally wasted in in the role as a henchman. And and at yeah. the end, because and I don't get why they had are we okay spoilers? And I don't get why they had uh, to kill his family. Mm-hmm. Why why can't he just grab his folk and and be on the run and and get, uh, accept a deal from Apocalypse and uh, and believe in him to. Uh, to help him and his family get betrayed by Apocalypse, perhaps Apocalypse could have killed his family. It would have made more sense um, for his for his change of, of heart at the end, because I, di- I, I did not I did not understand why he was uh, standing there charging up the uh, the, the the steel bits uh, around what, whatever he was building. because yeah. <laughs> it looks like Apocalypse had the main reactor. And Magneto yeah. was just playing on the side in the sand pit. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I don't know exactly what he was doing, except sitting, standing there, floating there, looking cool. Yeah, you know, in the center of all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, true. They could have done a lot more with um, like his family and stuff. That I think was one of the most powerful moments, like of the movie, yeah. like that. You know, when they do actually kill his family. Um, of course, yeah. Because I mean, that was quite horrible the way it went down. The fact that he didn't fight back initially because he was trying to be good, I guess you can say. Um, but, yeah, very... Um, it was an opportunity that they could have done a lot more with, so... I don't know. Yeah, it was really, it was really sad to, uh, to see so much progress uh, be be wasted because Magneto has come a long way. And at the end, when he says um, goodbye again... There was a really 
a wasted chance because they got Mystique as the as the new teacher, which is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, and and Magneto should have also stayed. He, he doesn't have to believe uh, in in Xavier's dream of peaceful coexistence, but at least as a uh, a counterpoint uh, mm-hmm. to Xavier it would have been uh, so interesting in the next movie to have Magneto on the on the on the side of the good guys. Yeah. Uh, and bringing in a, uh, another another. Uh, bad person and not just somebody who joins up with Magneto perhaps. yeah true true I mean that would be interesting yeah. to see a part of the different di- dynamic between the yeah. three of them but at the same time I'm getting a little bit tired of the three of them now I think all yeah. like a lot of the movies have focused on yeah. um, Charles Magneto and Mystique and Mystique yeah. that's kind of like the holy trinity of the X universe right yeah. I think they need to shift gears a little bit give us a story that just doesn't revolve around those three because um, you know, hearing Xavier's voice always saying like, you know, come on, Eric, don't do this. This is getting yeah. a bit old, you know. I think um, it'll be great if they just focus on a different set of characters and, you know, have the, have Magneto and Charles in the background, obviously doing their thing that they need to do to be like, um, I guess, the elder figures of that world. But I yeah. think focusing on the students is a, probably a good way to move forward now and shift shift um, away from just that 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 cycle of Magneto and Charles and Raven going round and round in circles. Oh, yeah. And if they kept his daughter, it would have been great because you had, uh, you would have had a figure in the, in the, in the new term team that you're familiar with as a, as a movie watcher, because I think she was, his daughter in the comics is, is, is it Polaris? It is. Yeah. She, Polaris, this is, so he's got Scarlet Witch and Polaris, right? But Scarlet Witch isn't his daughter anymore, I think. Really? Yeah. Did they did they did they retcon that? I think so they retcon that. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, or just Scarlet Witch? <sighs> yeah, I think both. Oh my god, I read I read the the storyline, but I can't remember uh, <laughs> what's what's the reason behind. Oh shit! I should cut back on store on on comics. So I can't yeah, well, it's hard everything. to keep it all straight sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But I, been... I know that they were trying to like you know uh, realign a little bit in the in the Marvel comics world uh, just to sort of make it more in tune with the movies. So I, I can see that happening, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure. But it would have been great if if Magneto ha- ha- would have gotten a better end. You know, keep his family, keep his family around on the on the X campus and him. You're almost like, you just like, give this, somebody give this guy a happier ending. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And not transport him back to Auschwitz and tell him, Oh, you can sense all the metal in the world. And, uh, but that was yeah. powerful, but frustrating because we have seen this in every X-Men movie before. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I want to see something new. Like, I think at this point, if they're going to go comic book, if they're going to go with the full scale comic book, Go Dark Phoenix, bring the Shi'ar, and just take yep. it so completely off the map from what's happening in, like, yes. Superman. Because, uh, like, you know, the, the, the DC movies are going to start going in that direction, right? Marvel's yep. about to hit its Marvel cosmic with the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that. So X-Men, it, you know, take it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> Join everybody else in space. You know? Yeah, get, get crazy with it. And, and yeah. you know, take the comics as, um, as a map and then not as a... As it, the comics aren't the Bible. Do something creative uh, with the material and with the characters. Yeah, I, I wish they would be more brave in 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 the storylines. Take some, yeah, I mean, you know, shift. Yeah, like I said, 
it'll be cool. I, I want to see the X-Men just working as a team rather than just having these students run around who don't know what they're doing, you know? And yeah. that's what I liked so much about Days of Future Past is those future sequences with um, Blink and Iceman and um, Shadowcat and Bishop yeah. working as a team, you know, with, it wasn't Pyro, it was um, Sunspot, right? Sunspot, yeah. And just, you know, they, they, they kind of knew what to do. They knew how to work with each other. Blink was just throwing, like, her portals everywhere, and they were, like, jumping through it because they, they were all so in sync with each other, and they knew, like a, like a soccer team that plays really well. You know, they, yeah. they just knew how to do it. That's what I want to see more of. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, don't want to see, like, Jean Grey not knowing what she's doing and Cyclops not knowing what he's doing, but they're in the fight, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. not interesting to me. I want to see a good team playing well, but still getting beat down. And you know what, if, what would have been great as a... I mean, it wouldn't have fitted in this, in this movie, but as a web series or something like that, just a little bit of background uh, uh, of Apocalypse in the past, in, in, in Egypt times, because that first sequence was great. The way, with, yeah, the way he... With like the planet. Him, him as a god. Being, yeah, you and know. all the Kirby circuitry and... So yes, it was great, and, and the plan that the the, the people had uh, to bring him down—that was cool. Like that the was um, awesome. the way they brought down the pyramid and like yeah. that big massive block of stone that kind of went through yeah. and like knocked through all of the load bearing pillars and stuff. That was pretty cool. That was an awesome sequence, and I would have I, w- I would like to see more of that. Yeah, that was that was one of the best parts of the, of the movie. Actually, just that opening—it gave you a lot of hope for like where were they yeah. where they were going to take it. Take it, yeah. Yeah, and what's up with? Um, Oscar Isaac's character before he he had the the mind transfer uh-huh. or, or or body transfer whatever uh, because you know you could have done something really interesting like uh, you know Apocalypse helps his family uh, to get a new social status or something like that. Oh, you know, you're sh- thinking like ancient Egypt Game of Thrones yeah, with Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, don't make Apocalypse the the solely bad guy. I mean, of course he's a he's a, he's a mutant fascist. Of yeah, <laughs> you have to keep that element, but uh, you know, may, uh, let him be aware that he needs humans as as slaves and as people he can pin mistakes on and and yeah. keep them in in his rank. You know, yeah, yeah like you said it. Yeah, <laughs> X Men no, game of. Um, I can see that. It's like, how does Apocalypse choose who's going to be the next vessel, right? Yeah, and so I think at that point. And I don't know whether it was established, but he said effectively that um, he would pick, um, I don't know if they were specifically mutants, but he would pick humans, at least, who had a power set that he wanted, right? And so, what did the rest of that pool of potential vessels look like to him? Maybe there were five of them, and they needed to go through some sort of trials or something like that, right? So, it would be a combination of the politics, and the action sequences would be the trials that they needed to fight with each other or something yeah, in something order like to that. fight to get to the who's going to be the one. Yeah. That would have been cool. I would I would watch that. Say in ancient <laughs> Egypt, you'd have all those like awesome backdrops of the pyramids and like the massive costumes and the 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 head things, you know, yeah, that would yeah, be cool. Yeah, yeah. It would have been awesome. All right. That's an idea yeah. I think we should <laughs> do this. <laughs> you know, get the rights and <laughs> Yeah, it'll be easy. Get the rights to X-Men yeah. from Fox. Even Marvel yeah. can't do that. <laughs> well, just just you know, give it time. Just send, send a note to Fox and say, hey, can you please do this? 
Do it as a Netflix series. Pretty please. Yeah, do it as a Netflix series. I'd rather die than <laughs> give Netflix even more, more success. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, cool. So, um, any final thoughts on, on like, the X-Men stuff? Because you, you got, like, a page of notes. So, did we go through all your notes? Oh, uh, yeah. We, we uh, Yeah. Great hair. Great hair. On, For on who? Everybody. On everyone. On, on everyone. <laughs> except, I mean, except Jean, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need okay. a better hair on Jean. Oh, and Nightcrawler. <laughs> because he, his haircut looked like the one they give old ladies in the more remote <laughs> sections of Austria. Seriously. Yeah. Well, Let's you give know, him the grandma haircut from regional yeah, Austria. Yeah. He, he, he just uh, he just had to have some some red some red in there, and he would look like every grandma, every modern grandma yeah. from the remote parts of Austria. <laughs> and, and the, the hipster German grandma, boy. hipster grandma is what he hipster was going grandma. for. Really? I mean, I, I liked him. I liked his portrayal. He was he was awesome. Just a haircut. The haircut took me out. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, uh, another thing I wrote down was ever was it ever established that Havoc died in the explosion of Cerebro? We didn't see the body, but yes, they did say that he was closest to the blast. So when okay, um, when what do you call it? When Quick when Quicksilver was rescuing everyone, yeah, he said he grabbed everybody. But it was it was effectively too late for Havoc. So by the time Quicksilver even or- got there, Havoc was already like I guess atomized, in, in, so Quicksilver didn't even see him. He was already MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> he had ascended into MacGyver, yeah. <laughs> because the haircut, when you, when you watch the trailer, and he has, uh, there's, an almost, there's almost the same angle, like the first shot of him from the trailer, just the, the outfit is different. Yeah. Well, he went from, the, that was set in the 80s, right? So then he, he, he shows up like 30 years later in the 2000s. Or two thousand and tens, whenever that show is set, and yeah. he's uh, yeah, and now he's the MacGyver. Second mutation is <laughs> yeah. being a genius. <laughs> I remember a massive explosion, and then I had a pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that was great. Uh, yeah, I think um, there was a cool scene in there as well. Just speaking of Quicksilver, where Quicksilver's trying to fight Apocalypse, and Apocalypse sort of catches up to his yeah. speed. Like, he accelerates up. That was really cool. cool it was yeah. never explained what Apocalypse's power set was. So, again, going back to the mind control thing, which I think would have been such an easy solve, it would have been easy for them to just say, oh, and he's got mind control. Because <laughs> we took for granted he could do everything else anyway. Yeah. So why not just give him mind control? The costume worked really well in the movie. Apocalypse's costume? I have to admit, yeah. He looked, he looked good. It, Even did, the, it didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to look. Yeah. Like, he, he managed to pull... Like, Oscar Isaac managed to actually pull off a lot of emotion. Well, not emotion, but he, he was able to act through the costume yeah, and the face yeah. makeup, which was, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the final thing I'll, I'll yeah. say about the movie. All right. <laughs> well, my, my final thing or my favorite part was the Weapon X. Um, oh, yeah. That was... I mean, yeah. we didn't talk about that. That was... That was like... That was... It was like... I don't know, three minutes of just awesome, you know? Yeah, um, you know, the, the double standards set in that scene. Uh, what do you mean? It's, it's very un-X-many-like to just <laughs> uh, let, let, him, let him loose on all those people. You know, Gene and, and, and Scott should have at least tried to, to contain... Uh, True. So that was the, a, the that, level of mayhem. It was a bit like rewriting of history for like who was there when Wolverine breaks out of Weapon X, right? 
you're right. The fact that he goes full rage monster on them, it's almost like I would have loved to have seen, seen Gene and Scott just go, okay, just let this guy do what he's doing as long as he doesn't touch <laughs> us. Like, we don't want to get close to this. Um, but yeah, because you're, you're right. It's a bit weird that he that they just let him go like just fully crazy and just kill everyone, yeah. you know? Perfect. Um, but you know that you know, that was going to happen anyway. Um, it would have been cool if he just broke out by himself. Like the fact that they had to break him out I think, because you're right, now makes them responsible for all the people that he kills. You know? <laughs> so it was better, it would have been better if Gene just, just said, okay, something's about to happen. I don't know what. Everyone just hide. Like, it would have been better if that happened. Because they, they like, literally unlock that door, right? Yeah. It will be cool if he actually just slices his way out. But anyway, the way it happened, happened. The fact that those were bad guys anyway maybe is, makes it better. <laughs> But, yeah, to a certain degree, you know, I, I thought of the the scene in in the Michael Myers James Bond uh, comedy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, um, where Austin Powers. Austin Powers, thank yeah. you. Where the the security guard dies and his family gets gets a notice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought of all the the notices that were handed out that moment that striker hit the button where it's some print in the Pentagon the death, the death certificates were just were being sent out. As, <laughs> that would be a, it's like a like a printer, for example. As Wolverine's killing people, you get another paper coming out of the printer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like printing for two weeks because he goes through the whole base because it was a bloodbath at the end of the day that was pretty crazy Uh, it was also weird like one weird part was just the age difference at that stage between Hugh Jackman (laughs) and Jean Grey like it was it clearly looked it was a little bit awkward when she was all like you know touching his face or whatever to like open up his mind a bit um they should have de-aged him I think like the way they did with Robert Downey Jr. in um in what do you call it Civil um, War in Civil War yeah. yeah so they you know they could, could have very easily done that just to not make it look so awkward you know yeah um, but anyway it depends if 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 the the first the first the very first X-Men movie from the end of the 90s uh, or yeah. from the early 2000s yeah. uh, remains canonical then it's really weird because he looked older in the past <laughs> yeah. than he did in uh, uh, later in his life, but if they if they're gonna erase that, perhaps it it will look a bit better when we watch the retrospective in a few years. Yeah, but at the same, you know, maybe what they were going for then is maybe he wasn't looking older because he was kind of in captivity uh, and sort of locked up oh. in a box. Maybe yeah. he was just you know disheveled and ragged. Maybe that's what they were going yeah. for, so they can just pass it off as that. But once he gets out in the open, then he'll sort of regain his clean look that he had in the first X-Men movie. Clean look. <laughs> you know, with his nicely manicured facial hair yeah. and uh, and stuff. So First thing my, my brother said when they let him out and he, he runs into the wood, uh, he wanted to have Nightcrawler teleport for any reason into the woods and then back into the base just, uh, just a, a few moments after Wolverine leaves and asks the guys, did anybody else see the guy peeing in the woods next to a tree? <laughs> <laughs> or was it just me? You know, they, they yeah. get friends from that event. That was a long. That was a long wait. He waited for that pee. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I held it in for thirty years. I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> Which goes back to an Austin Powers joke as well. Like, um, I think when they when they take, I think it's 
is it Austin Powers or Doctor Evil? But one of them, when they take them, they kind of freeze them, and then they're, they're, yes. they're frozen for like you know a decade or so. And then when they take them out, he just goes for this long piss, and it's just, it's just yeah. there for like you know like three minutes or something, just fully going. You know, <laughs> it was hilarious. It would be great Nightcrawler watching him. Yeah, I'm like, afraid to Nightcrawler make is like, um, I needed to deliver a message, but it's a little bit uncomfortable right now. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, he just turns around yeah. and said, "No shame between us, bud. <laughs> just do what you got to do, Bob." <laughs> You're urinating on my feet? Yep, I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have yeah. taken the movie down a different angle, though. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was cool. I think just seeing that, um, the Weapon X, that yep. costume with, like, all of the equipment on him yeah, was pretty fun. I wish they would have gone full. Uh, you didn't want him to have up. pants. No, 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 I wanted the pants, but I wanted the full helmet. You know, when they right. paint with the camera panned up, uh, yeah. show me the helmet, show me the helmet, and it's more uh, like a headgear. Yeah. A, a very modern take. Because, because it would have looked so ridiculous if he had this massive hand on his head with all the 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 wires sticking, sticking into his out. body yeah. from there. It would have looked so crazy. It would have looked, he would have looked like he was a member of Daft Punk, though. Like, <laughs> That would have been like, you know, weapon, we, weapon Daft Punk is what Daft it would have been like really I'm, cool, like techno music playing in the background. You know, saying stuff like "I'm up all night to get <laughs> lucky," <laughs> slaying all those gods. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, they play like work it, make it. You know, that's, <laughs> they, they can play stronger as he's doing it, as, as, he's, as he's getting stronger. Yeah. I guess somebody will make an edit of that. <laughs> That's cool. All right, yeah. So overall, like, I think it was it was all right. I st- yeah. I thought it was great. It was great and entertaining, but in terms of like making me really um, making me understand why people were doing what they were doing, kind of fell flat for me there. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great to watch. In terms of the action sequences, I still think like. Days of Future Past has a lot of rewatchability because there's some great action set pieces in Days of Future Past, whereas this one didn't have all that many cool action. Like there was a lot of effects, there was a lot of just, you know cities being destroyed, but I you know you can't really re- rewatch that just over and over again. So that's why to me I like Days of Future Past better. Days of Future and Past. And it's strange uh, because much of the effects I felt lacked a sense of weight to them. Mm-hmm. Something that I thought was solved since Marvel started started Iron Man because you couldn't, I mean you you see it now, but when it when I saw it in the cinema for the first time, I couldn't really distinguish the the CGI from the from the practical parts of the armor. Right. And for example, when when Psylocke runs uh, over the the roof to jump onto the the the, the jet. Yeah. Uh, it, it it feels it feels it feels like an animation is running. And I had the same feeling throughout the whole the whole city, even with the bits that Magneto is uh, letting float uh, around him. Everything everything seemed so 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 weightless. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the the look and feel of it was very much like animated. It was almost yeah. like you had real people in an animated world. Yeah, like you said at the beginning, it, it felt like an, an episode of the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Which in itself, as a look and feel, like, um, if they're going to be consistent with that, then that's going to be kind of the brand of what sets X-Men apart. Just having these crazy exotic locations, um, 
and being able to do like damage and stuff on that scale is fine. Um, they just need to also make sure it just makes sense with that world because yeah. one of the cool things that Marvel has been doing is, you know, what's the repercussions for the rest of the world? Like yeah. in the X-Men, this is mutants causing this much havoc and destroying like mass, you know, destroying cities and destroying the world effectively. Cause like apocalypse is, um, when apocalypse launches that last attack, it's against the whole world. Right. So it's like, you've yeah. got the whole world is being destroyed. What's, what's the aftermath of that, you know? Um, and what's going to be the repercussions and the fallout from that as we go into the next movie with the dark Phoenix storyline. So yeah. what's the X-Men equivalent of, the Zakovia records, <laughs> you know, yeah. how's the world going to react? And the fear about that is either they ignore it and they just move on to the, the next storyline where, you know, all that death and destruction meant nothing or they deal with it in a way that brings Charles and Magneto back into fighting with each other and doing that whole thing where they go round and round in circles, you know, cause we've yeah. already done the Sentinels and stuff where we've had the kind of the, the non-mutant humans, now trying to do something about the mutants. So what's the next version of that that's after this? Step, yeah. yeah. And I, I hope that they can sort of, again, <laughs> deal with it in, in some way. So show what, what the repercussions are for the wider world, but also shift the focus to some other characters so that we can explore a different way of dealing with that topic. With those problems, yeah. 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 So anyway, let's see. I don't know. Is Brian Singer coming back for the next one? I, I don't know. It was a bit uncertain. I hope, I hope so because, you know, I guess he needs he needs only a few a few more people in his team mm-hmm. uh, with, with with more ideas. But I I, uh, I think uh, his his style uh, it, it fits the X Men, it fits the franchise. Yeah, I like his style and sort of where it's where it's where it's going to. I think um, from a visionary point of view, like I'd like him to be a producer. But I, I think it's worth to have some fresh voices, like you said. Yeah. So he just needs to add some new people to his team. Whether that means that he just becomes a producer for the movies um, and gives directing over to someone else who can bring a new perspective, Me too. that would be good. Because look, Deadpool was set in that universe, right? But at yeah. the same time, Deadpool was so different and so fresh that it was we all we all liked that part of it as well. That it wasn't just yeah. the same thing and revolving around the same characters. Just, it's yeah. and that's what's good about you know shifting really the focus. Something new to the table, yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to see like a Deadpool movie with the budget that Age of Apocalypse had. That would be sweet. That would, <laughs> that be, would sweet. be mayhem. <laughs> Can you imagine though? And just having like, and that's why it's cool to just have like the focus on one or two characters rather yep. than just, you know, trying to explain everything about everyone. And that's why you need tropes like mind control and, you know, shortcuts just to make things make sense. Yeah, I don't know why people don't take advantage of of the the language of of comic books more. If you're gonna use, if you're gonna do a comic book movie, use the comic book tropes. You know, yeah, yeah just get it out of the way so you can tell that story and yeah. make it make sense. Anyway, cool. So I think yeah, not bad um, from my point of view, and I think from your point of view, like you said, very enjoyable. Yeah, not as bad as I anticipated. Yeah. So they, that's the final, final word. Not as bad as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool, so that's Age of Apocalypse. So have you watched anything else then? So just like, you know, quick movie review while we're on the movie subjects. I know, I uh, haven't watched any other, any other movies since then. 
Okay. So I did watch uh, Independence Day Resurgence, like I said. I actually yep. watched that on the 4th of July weekend because, <laughs> hey, you got to watch it on 4th of July weekend. Yep. Um, you know, don't pay to watch it. If it's on, if it's on <laughs> TV, if it's streaming, yeah, watch it. But I wouldn't pay money again to watch it. Um, it lacked a lot of the things that the original had. And the original wasn't... I mean, the original wasn't a perfect movie. Um Jeff Goldblum was cool, but the fact that Will Smith wasn't there was really missed. <laughs> None of the Did new characters... You mean not even in some... Uh... No, there was a picture of him on a wall, but that was it. I, th- <laughs> I thought they would bring him in, you know, uh, at, no. uh, at some point in the movie, as an, at least as an, as an advisor or something as like that. As a cameo. No, I think they said that, I think in the, mo- in the, sh- in the movie, in the, from what I remember of what they said, is that he died. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought that would have been, you know, the official story. And in reality, he's working with some shadow organization uh, that is anticipating the alien's return or something like that. And they would bring him in into the movie. No. One of those. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. That didn't happen. So, and the thing Shoot. is, like he, like, he brought a lot of charisma and energy to the first yeah. movie, which was clearly lacked in the second movie because none of the new characters actually had any sort of charisma and fun to them they were all kind of flat and bland so you really didn't yeah you really didn't care and they you know they weren't bringing much to the table um jeff goldblum was the only one that was i you know really enjoyed and his i think uh the i can't remember the, the name of the actor who plays his father but his father was really oh, funny yeah. in the first movie as well so he was in this yeah, one great. he's back cool he was there but he had like a random storyline like that he was just in there doing stuff but it wasn't connected to the overall story of what was going on yeah but that was, <laughs> so, that, that was his role in the first part as well they shouldn't have given a story and just have him you know uh, have him banter just with comic Jeff. relief yeah. yeah so that part was good that that part was good um, I quite I quite yeah that was those are the best parts of the movie for me the effects were good like the animations the, the way they did the um, CGI of the spaceships and the 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 scenes in space and stuff were actually really good, so I quite enjoyed those. But the rest of it, I mean, like I said, if you see, if it's on TV and you're gonna, um, you 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 could watch it, like if it's streaming or something. Um, but I wouldn't pay to watch it. Like watch it streaming if it's on Netflix. Like if you've already paid for your streaming subscription, damn <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, but if you have to pay extra to watch it, I don't know if it's worth it. Is it a big spoiler if I ask about Brent Spiner's role? Um. It's not a spoiler, but he he was actually good too. Actually, yeah, he was uh, quite central to the story of how they actually start overcoming and defeating the aliens. And okay. his character was, you know, one of the most charismatic and interesting ones in that movie. Oh, nice. All the all the younger cast were boring, like Chris Hemsworth, brother Liam's Liam Hemsworth, and um, Will Smith's character's son from the last movie was also in there. Oh. But they were like they were like just boring. And between those two guys, they were having some sort of like fight between them. Yeah. Over like something that had happened in the past, but you just didn't care about the interaction between those two and why they were fighting and stuff like that. So it's all very two two dimensional with that storyline. Brent Spiner was good. His character was fun and interesting, and I think I think actually he played kind of like a mad scientist role. So you would have enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I loved him so much in the movie, in the first movie, and I was so sad to see him go that yeah. fast. 
Yeah, because like it was uncertain because he was uh, literally because he died in the first movie, right? So yeah, <laughs> they found at, at least I they think found he a way to his throat and fall fell over. Yeah, and that's the last we saw of him. Um, yeah, they find a way to bring him back, so you can. Uh, if if anything else, just watch for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the guy. Yeah, he was cool, actually. Yeah, I I forgot about that specific part, but he was cool. Uh, and then the other one I watched was Warcraft. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you love, you, you just know, when burst I think out of a Warcraft movie, I think of a Chinese person in a small dark room with a computer farming gold. <laughs> and I watch him for two hours. I, I can't imagine a Warcraft movie. What it's actually like. Um, just while we're on the topic of China, so in Independence Day, there yeah. was a lot of product placement for Chinese products, which made me laugh. So <laughs> a lot of... Uh, a lo- so th- there was a Chinese character in there as well. So... Um, I think her name is Angel Baby or Angela Baby. She's uh, she's like a famous uh, singer actress in China. So she okay. was in there as, as a kind of like your your token Chinese character. So it, yeah. so so the movie gets big in China. But they also had the, the same thing that they did in some of the Transformers movie, where they had like a local Chinese milk brand. So like you know like boxed milk. Yeah. And in um, in Independence Day, there's a scene where they're on the moon because there's a there's a lunar base. And they go to a vending machine and they buy moon milk and it's the Chinese brand of milk. And I remember watching, like when you watch movies in China and that local Chinese brand shows up, everyone in the cinema just bursts out laughing because it's so weird to see like a Chinese milk brand in space in an American movie. (laughs) So in in America, nobody laughed because they just, you know, it just kind of went, they just didn't milk. Yeah, they it, they didn't real not so much realize, but they didn't pick up anything weird about it. But in China, it's like, hey, that's that's the milk brand we buy from Seven Eleven, you know. And now it's in space in like Independence Day. It's so strange that I mean, the Chinese China is obviously a big market or the largest market for for Hollywood. Well, it's it, so strange I, to to see this. I think fast chief. I think they were saying like towards the end of the next. Oh, uh, sorry, towards the end of last year or this year the Chinese box office would have eclipsed the American box office. So I don't know whether that's officially oh happened God. yet. So America was still the number one box office market, yeah. right? But China was getting up there in terms of, like, even though they're only able to release, like, 24 movies a year or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that are American, it's still generating that much money from it's the crazy. Chinese market. So that's why they're... Um, what you're going to see more of as they go forward is a lot of Chinese companies helping to finance American movies. Yeah. So, because that means it's now no longer just a foreign movie; it's a partly Chinese movie. So it gets movie, yeah. it gets into China as a part of a like um, local movie. movie so it doesn't have to be one of the 24 that gets imported. I think it was the same with Looper. That has been financed by uh, Chinese benefactors. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we're starting to see more and more of that. So as we go forward, like even um, Iron Man 3 was partly yes. Chinese. Yeah. And that's why Transformers yeah. as well. So the, n- yeah. n- not the last Mark Wahlberg. May, may have been. The one, you know, it was in Hong Kong and, uh, and China. There were a lot of pieces uh, of the story that were, that were yeah. set there. So, yeah, we're going to see more and more of that going forward, especially with these big blockbusters. But I don't know if Independence Day is opened in China yet. So in July, normally they it's a very um, they have national holiday, so it's their um, kind of national um, holiday time as well. So they tend to show a lot of um, 
local domestic Chinese movies. Yeah. So maybe in the first weeks of August is when they sort of bring back more foreign movies. So movies you to We'll see how Independence Day does in China. Yeah. And in China, it's called Dependence Day. <laughs> <laughs> the the one party. Dependence Day. I love it. <laughs> Oh, be careful! You don't want to have uh, you don't want to have any Secret Service watching this. <laughs> They know I'm only joking. <laughs> you know I'm joking, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll throw out all the pillows tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, board up your windows. Now nah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, Warcraft was not as again not as bad as you thought it was going to be. I was expecting really bad. Um, it was great from a special effects point of view, seeing it. The story could have done with a bit of workshopping, you know, could, yeah. could have been improved. There was some good, there was a lot of potential. Um, I'm not a Warcraft fan. Uh, I don't know the lore, but I've, so some of my friends who uh, do know sort of more about Warcraft said they effectively tried to cram like <laughs> 10 years worth of Warcraft lore into this one movie. And it kind of moves very fast. There was a lot of things that were happening, which they just didn't explain Uh, coming out of the way the game works and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. I, I think at one stage they use magic to turn someone into a goat or something, <laughs> which is a specific, like, spell in Warcraft. So people who, like, know Warcraft would have known what that was, but they just didn't explain... The other people. Yeah, they didn't explain it to the general audience. Um, but there was, some, there was a lot of potential in the story. Like, they could have really done some really interesting things with the story, with the relationships between the characters. Like, there was a lot of family aspects to the story. Like, there was a father and son um, dynamic happening on the kind of, I want to say, the human side. And then yeah. on the orcs, like, the great motivation for the orc guy was about protecting his family as well. They could have really used that theme to tell some good stories to show how far yeah. you would go to protect your family. Family, yeah. But it just kind of got washed out and lost because um, they just needed to drive the plot forward so so fast. It was great seeing magic, though, like just the wizards and stuff playing with like super, super visible magic with like streams of like energy flowing everywhere. It was really cool. I went so that, you know, Doctor Strange, hopefully we'll have more of that. So I want to see that. And it's, it's sad to hear because I think Duncan Jones was the director on Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and I, I, I trust him to make a good Warcraft movie, even with a uh, with bad base material. Huh? Well, it's, I don't think it was a base material point. I think it's about picking and choosing out of the base material what you're going to focus on, and yeah. then actually focusing on that. Okay. And it's the same thing with like we were saying about X Men. There was just too much going on that they tried to cram into it, and a lot I think for fan service that you sacrifice having a good story and a good character arc for the story yeah. because there was a, again like I said there was a lot of potential to make a Warcraft movie where you really feel for the characters and even the, the orc characters you know um, you, could, you could have made those kind of monstrous looking characters very human and relatable in that oh, yeah. sense but they needed they wanted to do so much with where they wanted to take the story that they kind of sacrificed having having a really good story arc I think so that's so, that's so sad that um, the, the movie business doesn't take the time anymore to establish things but to, to have to cram as much as possible into into one narrative yeah but it's a yeah it's a problem with the medium as well I think yeah. if, if you've got something like a Netflix series or a HBO series you've got 10 hours to tell the story 
Yeah. You know, so you can really you can really delve into the characters and be able to go and, you know, explore those character arcs. Whereas if you're trying to do that and do the amazing action set pieces and take the story from like, you know, three different um three different cli- climatic action set pieces, it's yeah. a lot to pull together. Um it's and also- so yeah, which is why like you you know, you watch these old movies from um all those classic movies from like even the 70s and 80s which wasn't that long ago and the pacing like you watch the first alien movie now the pacing is so different to the movies that we watch these days yes and that's why the first blade runner as well like it's it's a slow movie right yeah whereas now people are gonna get bored you know if you don't yeah it's a a colleague of mine i i borrowed my one of my blade runner Blu-rays. I gave him one of my Blade Runner Blu-rays, and he said he can't get through the movie. It's too boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- because it's just it's talking. A, it's like why? Why yeah. are they talking? Someone go and fight yeah. someone. Give yeah. me a gunfight or something. Yeah, he read. He read the story. Uh, the su- the summary on Wikipedia and Wiki- on Wikipedia. Yeah, and he's okay with that. He watches a few a few scenes, uh, a few pictures. He sees online, and that's it because he can't get to the move through the movie. Yeah. And so that's that that's where it fails as well. So it's a combination of like the interplay of giving audiences what they want, especially with where we are in movies now, which is yeah. all about just the action and driving that story forward because people yeah. are going to get bored otherwise. Um, compared to being able to you know really take your time and tell that story, because yeah. even with Game of Thrones, so the earlier seasons, because there was so much of story and so much of exposition that needed to be done, the earlier seasons tended to be quite slow. And yep. there was a lot that you, you needed to just listen to what people were saying and like understand the histories of the families and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the latest season, because now they're off book, it's just moving along so fast yes, that if it feels like it's it's it feels almost like a tonal shift with the show uh, yeah. because the plot is now being driven forward so much faster. So it's an interesting one. Um, so it's interesting, like with with a movie like Warcraft, you can't do a slow movie. Because potentially a lot of the fan and the demographic that you're going for wants to see a fast-paced movie and they want to see those amazing action set pieces. You see pieces, yeah. You know, so you it's you you would either have to do like a three-hour Lord of the Rings style, you know, bah. movie. Which again, you know, do people want to watch that either? So, uh, do people want to watch it with a with a franchise they don't know? True. That's that's the thing because Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. That's that gets people into the cinema, but Warcraft. You know, everybody, even my dad knows about Warcraft, but he do, he doesn't know about the story or what's it about. He knows it's a game. Well, that's the thing, and like a lot of people would be like, "Ah, oh, I don't want to watch a guy playing, uh, doing gold farming for three hours." <laughs> <laughs> and not as a documentary, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but you know, and again, I only went because. It was Duncan Jones. I wanted to see how they were going to do yeah. it. And my expectations were super low. But I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I thought it, it was actually pretty watchable. Um, I think it's worth... It's better than Independence Day. It's worth a matinee. So Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, if you get to watch it on, like, a good screen with, like, the, the, the effects can, can, can really pop. I'll give it a try then. Because the effects didn't look that good in the trailer. It looks very animated. Um, but... Yeah, I think they they actually work really well. Yeah, if you see the whole thing come together for more than a few seconds, perhaps it yeah. works. It, it, it truly work out better. Yeah, from a story point of view, the story was very interesting. 
Um, I, again, it does follow that Warcraft lore, right? So the story is actually quite interesting. There's a couple of twists and turns. So yeah. it's not boring in that sense. Like oh, nice. I remember watching like Aragorn or something, and it was just such a yeah such a pedant story. You know, it was just so templated and basic that you really didn't have anything to think <laughs> about while you were watching the movie. Whereas with this yeah. one, the, 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 with this one, I, I understood what it's like when I take my friends who are non-comic book fans to go watch an Avengers <laughs> movie or something. Because I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea about the characters and the power sets and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, that kept it interesting for me. I was trying to, like, okay, so hold on. How does that guy relate to this guy? And, like, okay, so these are the orcs. And what are their powers? And, like, how, do the, how, how, do, how does their community work? Like, how, you yeah. know, the different factions and stuff like that. So, you know, there's enough to think about to keep the whole thing interesting as you go forward. So, all right. So that was that was my mini movie review. I don't think I've seen anything besides that. Um, I'm just trying to think, like even on uh, Netflix or anything, if I've watched anything. But I can't. I can't remember anything else that's worth standing out. So, just go through a quick trailer review next. Yeah, um, let's do that. So, what are you looking forward to? You know, I'm. I'm strangely. I'm. How 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 should I put it? I'd like to see more of Suicide Squad at this point because I've talked to some people and uh, they really uh, shook my my negativity towards that franchise. They um, shook your negativity? Yeah. Does that mean they made you less negative or more negative? Yeah, they made me uh, less negative. Right. But, you know, it's all... it's uh, there's Nobody knows anything solid. We're all just... Uh, Fans, comic book readers who know each other uh, yep. through Twitter. Um, yeah, but let, I want to give the uh, the movie a more a more neutral approach. I'll try and be less biased. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think with Suicide Squad, you know, it's David Ayer, right? He's the uh, yes. He's the he's the director. He's a very divisive director, but at the same time, I generally like. A lot of David Ayer stuff. Um, also, though, they've had to do massive reshoots for Suicide Squad, they said, to fix up the tone after Batman Superman. Yeah, but I... Oh, yeah, they, they said they'd, they'd fix up the tone, yeah. So... I've, I've read something about reshoots being something that's completely normal, but, you know, with all the, the, the journalism that is practiced today, reshoots become these, these great shook-ups... Uh, shake-ups yeah. of, of, of movies that they aren't. Because it, it could mean anything. It could mean anything. Yeah. It could mean that they've decided to change something because it just wasn't working, or it could mean that the thing is so bad that they needed to, um, <laughs> to yeah. do reshoots. And go in there. comes because yeah, we don't know what they're reshooting in which parts. It could just be little bits of dialogue rather than, yeah. or, you know, they said we probably need more action or something like that. Like, we don't know, and I haven't read a lot of the uh, press about it, so I'm not sure. Um... I think Suicide Squad is going to be one of these things where it's a very Warner Brothers property, which is where you're going to have multiple people's points of view, you know, so almost made by committee. <laughs> you know, yeah. they say a, a camel is a, is a horse made by committee where everyone wanted something different and then you ended up with a camel. camel you know? yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my expectation is that it's not going to be a pure David Ayer vision of what the movie is, but it's going to be a David Ayer inspired Warner Brothers movie based on the results that came out of Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman, <laughs> yeah. Know? So, 
it's going to be kind of a course correction, I think, based on where the the DCEU was going, based on um, Batman and Superman and the feedback that it got. And the subject matter, I think, is so different. It's kind of like a spur. It's kind of like Deadpool. So I think it's going to stand on its own a little bit, and then Justice League is going to be different again yeah. with whatever they do with the Justice League movies. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, my approach is going to be to just go in with an open mind and just see what they do because it's just so crazy that it could be anything. Yeah, and I think that's the way to approach this, yeah. this movie. Yeah. So I saw a headline, and I don't know where it came. Like I can't remember which um, newspaper or uh, something it came from, but they effectively said that um, Suicide Squad is is the emo Avengers go to hot topic. So hot, <laughs> do you know hot topic? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so Hot Topic is a uh it's kind of like a grungy, very 90s style um store here in the US. It's a chain where like, you know, you can buy like all those kind of goth grunge inspired clothing, <laughs> like t-shirts with the like slipknot um band type t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, and it fits it will fit perfectly in the in the portfolio. You yeah. have some some Harlequin t-shirts and that pull uh that pull that shorts. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they had to sing, you know, sorry, if they had to sell hot, um, if they had to sell hot, ah, my brain is dying right now, I need another coffee. If they had to sell Suicide Squad merchandise, Hot Topic would be the store it would be sold in, like it would fit yeah. right in. So, um, so yeah, that was, that, that just, just made me laugh. I think I've <laughs> read the same piece. Yeah. So I can't remember where I read it, it was just a headline that I read. I didn't read the article. Do you remember what the article says? It was basically your your explanation of what Hot Topic is right. and <laughs> okay. how it relates to the to the franchise. Yeah, I used to love Hot Topic. Like when I used to when I first um, made my first couple trips to the US, um, I used to visit Hot Topic because it was just a lot of comic book geek, geek stuff in there as well. Okay, like Spider Man. Um, that's where I got my um, my Superboy T shirt. Yeah, um, there's a lot of Batman stuff as well. Like they actually have a lot of DC stuff. So I think the you know it's a very it could be it could actually be like a a Warner Brothers owned um, shop for all I know. There's a lot of DC Perhaps stuff. It is in yeah, a few corners. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, all right, cool. So there's so that's Suicide Squad. Yeah. So just keep an open mind. See how that one turns out. Um, what about? Uh, Doctor Strange. We haven't heard anything much, right? But it's coming up soon. That's November. Yeah, it's in. It's up in November. Right. And it should, there should be some. Of course, there should be something at Comic Con. Right. Because yeah, um, I mean, we're, whatever they do, we're close to a second trailer coming out. So maybe by around August, September, we should be getting yeah. a second or the next trailer. So uh, waiting for that. So that might be around. Well, I don't know. Like Marvel doesn't need to really wait for the Comic Con. Um, timing these days they can just do whatever they want because they want yeah but so, i guess it's it, because don't they do something with guardians uh at the at the same comic con i just i just read that um james gunn and whoever directs doctor strange had some some twitter exchange that they'll both be at oh really comic con okay yeah. James Gunn didn't didn't uh, clarify if he would would do a panel about uh, Guardians or not. Right. Okay. Because Guardians just wrapped up filming, right? So yeah, yeah they they just wrapped that up, and Spider Man Homecoming is oh yeah, it's kicking off. Of, so they had like yeah. a like a passing of the torch between the two crews, which was fun. Um, and 
I think was it Thor Ragnarok as well? Is that I, I don't I don't know if yeah, that's yeah. They built sh- the sets. I've seen I've seen yeah. some photos of the sets. So that's starting filming now. That, that yeah. I'm I'm waiting for that. Like that's going to yeah. be Thor and Hulk. Is just going to be so cool it's together? Be awesome. Um, and then Hulk and the rest of like the 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 demigods of Asgard. You know, uh, it's going to be cool. Puny gods. <laughs> Puny god. Yeah, it's cool. All right, so um, Star Trek is coming out at the end of July. So the end of this month. Yeah, um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm, I like the Star Trek movies. I'm not a massive Trekkie or anything, but I, I I like the world that they that they're building in there. It's going to be yep. a sad one though because like we had um, Leonard Nimoy passed away. So yeah, and Anton Yeltsin Yeltsin. Yeah, that was that was like that was shocking to me. Like I yeah. I was like um, that was just such a shock. He was a really good actor. Like I remember seeing him in the movie Alpha Dog, uh, which was yeah. a while ago now. Um, but yeah, he just left, left such an imprint. Uh, he made such an impact to that performance that I was always like, "This dude's really good." You know, I think he's going to be someone to watch. Um, and he did a good job as Chekhov as well. Like yeah. you know, um, playing that role. So it was really, really tragic. I think to have heard the news. So yeah, it was a hard week. Because he died, and a few days later, Bud Spencer died. Yeah, <laughs> and an Austrian cartoonist that I that I like died on oh, the same really? day. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> cancer's crazy. Cancer. Oh, death is crazy. <laughs> cancer is crazy, and death is also crazy. crazy. I, I heard somewhere. I think somebody tweeted that it felt. It feels like 2016 is being written by George R. R. Martin because <laughs> everyone's just dying. Dying, yeah. Left but I right. like you know, like I was thinking about that. It's. Is it, I, I, you know, it can't be, because that just wouldn't be, wouldn't make sense that there's an increase in the number of people dying or the number of famous people dying. You know, that background of people dying is probably just the same rate, right? Yeah. It's just that we're probably now in the age where we kind of know a lot more people uh, yeah. in terms of like entertainment and celebrities and um, like creators and stuff like that. So back in like t- 10 years ago, for example, we wouldn't have, have known um, yeah. who these, who the people were who were passing away, you know, like you watch the, um, when you watch the year in review specials that they have on New Year's Eve and they, and they show you everyone who died, like half the time yeah. you don't know who and those people are. Are, yeah. But now, like, because, because we're in the, we're in the prime demographic, I guess, and we've grown up with a lot of these people who are passing away, it's making more of an impact for us. Yes. You know, so yeah, yeah it's an interesting one. We're growing up, Martin. Oh, God, we're old. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I still... I feel like Peter Pan sometimes. I refuse to grow up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but then the bills come in. And <laughs> You're like, oh, man, i got to pay bills. I, I didn't yeah, sign up I, for this. When I call my dad <laughs> and tell him, um, you should pay your bills. <laughs> and mine now. Those are your burden now, son. <laughs> You wanted to Get be. On my lawn. You wanted to be independent. <laughs> pay your own yeah. bills. Yeah. Dependence day. <laughs> pay your bills. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's going to make Star Trek a bit sad. I think in terms of like it's going to be a bit a bittersweet experience. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to uh, Justin Lin's version of Star Trek. So it would be interesting. It's going to be Fast and the Furious set in space. Is what I'm expecting. Spaceships. <laughs> 
Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Andromeda Belt. Because, like, just the trailer was just, again, so fresh. I really liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of, like, I guess, um, core Star Wars, uh, Star Trek fans. So that's not Star Trek. But just playing, like, Beastie Boys and stuff in space is just... I think it's really cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to the way they do that. The, uh, the, the aliens and the story of those little drone ships cutting through the Enterprise... Yeah, is awesome. I want to see more of that, and I want to see how that all comes together. So I'm oh, yeah. really looking forward to Star Trek. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, you know, with the con- uh, with the reveal that uh, Sulu will be shown with his uh, life partner and the kid. Really? I f- yeah, it it caused a bit of a stir because George Decay said it's yeah. not really in the spirit of Star Trek. And uh, I don't want to discuss if it's in the spirit of Star Trek or anything because uh, it's 2016, have gay characters in the movie and, and, and show that they're openly gay. But, you know, with such a short time, uh, until the movie is going to be released, it feels like uh, a marketing decision rather than... or, or a quick marketing decision than, uh, you know, a marketing plan. Yeah, I know what you it, mean. It felt odd. It needs to be authentic if they're going to put it in. I don't yeah. want, you know, it's not good to put something in like that if it's just going to be for, let's just make a statement to yeah. draw some attention because that's inauthentic, yeah. right? I, yeah. I think if it's a natural part of the story um, or, you know, if they do it in a very sort of authentic way, then it's going to be good. But if if it's just thrown in there to say, hey, let's just be kind of provocative... I think it'll be a natural part because they're on the five-year mission. And, you know, if you, if you have a scene where everybody is saying goodbye to, to the families and stuff and then Sulu rocks up with his... Um, and so the, the gay couple, the Sulus, rock up yeah. uh, with the kid and he says goodbye to them, it'll, it'll fit perfectly. Yeah. And that that, that would be the statement in itself. But then I'm, I'm a white straight guy. <laughs> who, am I, who am I? I mean, it, it's okay that they... That they announced it, but the whole discussion about it feels like like such a, a calculated marketing stunt. It feels so cheap. Yeah, that's true. And I think that if they just put it in the movie and didn't make a thing of it, that would have been more authentic yeah. than putting it in the, in the movie and then telling everyone, hey, by the way, we're going to be like super advanced and progressive by having Sulu be gay, you know? Yeah. So, and especially, you know, that wasn't really established in previous movies either. Like, it's just, it feels kind of like... And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I, don't, I don't watch it that closely, but they've never really alluded to Sulu's. Um, yeah, um, no, they didn't. But family I, or anything, I, you know? Yeah, so. but I, I don't think that's important. I don't think that's important. Uh, it fits the character because it's it's it somehow is 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 a nice gesture towards George Decay's legacy. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and and and. How he how he's a a galleon figure for the yeah. for the for the movement. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. Then again, like I I would like to, to understand then why George oh. Takei is not on board with it. Like, what's his gripe? You know, um, because you're you're right. He's he's quite he's quite a prolific figurehead um, for the for the gay community. Community. Yeah. And you know, in terms of speaking out and like bringing that sort of visibility and awareness as well so if he thinks that it's not not quite um not being done in the right way or doesn't fit in well i'd like to understand why 
Yeah, me too. But then, you know, how how hostile? Everybody has an opinion. True. I don't remember the, the Larry Flint line. Something about... Well, I remember uh, okay. the, the salt and pepper line. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me about the last time. Uh, there was something... Uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Yeah, Something exactly. like that. Yeah. And I, you know... I don't. I don't need to know. I don't need to know uh, his reasons. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I'm just not. But then again, you know, I'm a straight guy. Who am I to to judge? Who judge the, <laughs> the marketing department? It just. It just. You know, I, the, the the headline was on every on every news outlet yeah. that I that I frequent, and I thought, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 twenty it's twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> and so and, yes. So so what? Right. Yeah, and, and none of my of my uh, of my gay friends, of the two gay friends I have, yeah, yeah. called me up and and said, "Oh, you know, you heard that about Sulu? Uh, Sulu's gay. Everything's better gay, now. We we know in Star Trek, oh, bow down before the supreme gays and something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. I I make uh, a mark. Perhaps we should cut that up. Um, <laughs> no, nothing no, I like that's that fine. Happened. That was hilarious. <laughs> Not, nothing like that happened, or, or at least I, in 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 my small uh, gay community window, there yeah. wasn't uh, a sign reading Sulu's uh, our property now or something like that. Or we own we own Star Trek now. Yeah, and and the thing is, you that know, having something strange. like that again, that's what I mean by kind of the authenticity as well. It shouldn't be, I don't know, like I don't think it should be such a big statement. Like you know, if they cast a if they cast a. Um, if they cast a Polynesian character, would they make a big deal to say, oh, and we've got a Polynesian character? If they cast a person who was disabled, if they, if they only had, like, if they were wheelchair-bound, would they make a statement to say, here's a press release, we've cast someone in a wheelchair? You know, or if they cast someone who is, like, a, um, you know... So why, why are you making this press release statement, you know? If it's just... If it's just a part of what they're going to do, it's a part of the story. And if it's it's if it's about normalizing um, that type of relationship, then yeah, you know, it shouldn't be made yeah, such just, a big thing of from it. a marketing point of view. Just put it in the movie and have people just see it in a normal setting because it's not yeah. something to be remarked upon, kind of thing, you know. Whereas yeah. now they've made it remarkable and they've put it on a pedestal somehow, you know, yeah. not, you know, or they've they've pointed it out, they've shone a spotlight on it, so it's going to stand yeah. out. As a fan, you know, sitting in the cinema and and okay, let's let's go with the thing that uh, we see his family in in the in the sequence where they all say goodbye. Seeing mm-hmm. this 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 moment and you're having people applaud in the cinema to it, yeah, without without going into the cinema and and, and knowing that this will come up would have been such a, a more a powerful a powerful moment. I and think so. We we know like we know of it. so. My favorite one, um, and I don't know, it's probably not been done so many times, but the one that I remember is from Frozen. Um, yeah. So when I, I don't know the names of the characters, but when when Elsa, no, when Anna, I do know the names of the characters because I've, <laughs> I've got a niece. When Anna is looking for Elsa and she goes and she stops at the little um, little shop that Sven is running. <laughs> yes. So yeah, S- yeah, yeah. Sven's got his husband or partner with their kids. In the yeah. in the sauna, which they cut to really quickly, but they don't ever mention it. Like, and there's no there's no press release for it. It's just there, yeah. and people picked up on it, and they and go, it, "Oh, yeah. look, you know, this is in a Disney movie." You know, yeah. so 
That's pretty cool. Like, that's the way it should have been done. It shouldn't have yep. been made thing. You know, it should have just been put in there and just said, this is the thing that happens, you know, deal yep. with it. It was the same uh, when my nieces were made aware of that fact. They, they just said, well, isn't that nice that he that his family is with him there? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. They're just being a family, you know? Yeah. So It's awesome that he has uh, his family in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so we'll see. I don't know. I, yeah. I, di I didn't know about all this controversy. Of, of, of a Sulu's family and stuff, so I'll, I'll read up on it a little bit just to see what George Takei's worried about. Yeah, he said something about um, having talks with Gene Roddenberry about gay characters in the show, and Gene Roddenberry said um, something along the line of, I'm already, uh, I'm already pushing the envelope. I, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna destroy it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and it seems that um, George Takei is, is with... with With them, with him on on, right. on that opinion. So George Takei is with Gene Roddenberry Barry, in terms yeah. of Gene Roddenberry's um, uh, vision for what Star Trek. Yeah, but at the same time, I would say on just on that point, then I would say that you know George Gene Roddenberry probably said that in the eighties or the seventies. <laughs> yeah, so and they made Star Trek and. 2016, you know, we well, should push not, the envelope not until, it, not, not, yeah, and until it blows up. The envelopes push much further than that now. So Star Trek yeah. actually looks a little bit backward if it yeah. doesn't catch up, especially because it's supposed to be set in the 23rd century or something, yeah, right? Yeah. So they should be they should be pushing the envelope further than where it is now, right? Yeah. Um, if they want to be, if they want to portray a future or you know a a uh, idealized version of the future as Star Trek generally is. Yeah. Um, just for where humanity is at, then uh, yeah, they need to be pushing more of those types of agendas. agendas I think yeah. you know, um, agenda. I don't like that word. No, it's <laughs> but yeah, it's just you know, it's 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 2016, and and humanity has reached a point where everybody can can feel comfortable in their skins. Yeah. yeah no, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So you know, yeah. should that so should that mean that we should be having transgender people on the Starship Enterprise? Yeah. You yeah, know. Absolutely. So that, absolutely. That's what Bring I mean. Them. But I don't want to say yeah. the word agenda to make it sound because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's of, always this, this strange. Um, a lot of conservative people call yeah. the gay agenda, which means agenda, which feels yeah. like there's some sort of master plan. You know, there's like there's a whole bunch of people in the dark room somewhere there plotting plotting this master plan for the gay agenda. It's just hilarious. The problem is there is a master plan. It's called development. <laughs> <laughs> Human progression? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the master plan. You know, yeah. you can't hide from it. It's more of a snowflake going out in different directions rather than a specific <laughs> direction though. Uh, anyway, it's the evolution anyway, of the of human culture. Um, all right, that went kind of sideways uh, in, terms of, in terms of topic. Uh, it was Star Trek. Um, there hasn't been any major news on Rogue One and stuff, I think, in the last couple of weeks. No, Does nothing it? much except that uh, Forrest Whitaker is playing a character from the Clone Wars whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, oh, right, yes. Oh, so the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the TV section. I finished Star Wars Rebels Season 2. Yes! Oh, I was oh, so God. impressed. I was oh. so impressed. Such a great... It was done so well. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. And um, there was an article, I think they... Um, there was an interview with uh, one of the Star Wars creatives, and they said that, um, yeah, it's pretty much canon. 
So what's happening in the clo- in the Star Wars Rebels universe is like canon yeah. will happen in the rest of the world as well. And yeah, that's just so cool. Like the whole thing with like the Jedi and the Sith and how that all comes together. And ah, uh, yeah, I was very impressed with the way it was done. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, ah, it's a great show. I like have it's- goosebumps. You know, <laughs> just just thinking about it. Oh. Yeah. And I like I got a Sith temple. Somebody gave me a Sith temple with the book and stuff uh, for Christmas one year. It's, oh my I, God. I don't have it with me. It's in Sydney. But I didn't know what it was because I wasn't like into the whole Star Wars. Like I didn't read the books and stuff. And the movies had never shown the temple before. So seeing yeah. it now in the way Star Wars Rebels showed it, um, just really cool. Like to see how it all works and what it was. And then like, yeah, the, the fact that there's that Sith Lord walking around but they don't know who it is. And that was – the way it all came together was really cool. Awesome. Definitely right. worth watching that show, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were some great, like, just one-shot stories as well. Like, um, I can't remember the character's name now. The one from, uh, the one with the staff. <laughs> anyway, um, there were some great stories with, like, finding the, the, the home world for, like, some of these. Um, oh, um, Zeb. Zeb, that's right. Yeah, the alien race for, like, Zeb's people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there was some good. There were some good one-shot stories as well as the overall arc with uh, where Kanan and um, Ezra were going with being the Jedi, yeah. and the ending. Ooh, goosebumps. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, Kanan! You know, uh, uh, I, I usually don't cry when when I consume media. I'm, yeah. I'm a very cold person when it comes to that. But <laughs> when he, he steps out of the ship with. With the bandage on a certain body part, yes, you know, I just I just had to shed a tear. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Because everybody sees that Ezra, Ezra, Ezra has changed, and yeah. Kanan, he, that moment when he turns around in the in the when the camera is panning through yes. the through the through the ghost and the back and of his turns, head, yeah. Oh god! And he turns around, and you think, oh god, he, he can he can feel he can feel what is happening, yeah, with with Ezra. And that um, that's gonna be. Oh. Next season's going to be so interesting with that path. Like, I don't... Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for it. <laughs> Give it to oh me now! God. Give it to me now! Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that was, that was done that really was well. so great. Um, and Ahsoka as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so great that you... They brought her back. They yeah. did so much for her. Oh, God. Yeah. She, Vader. It was Yeah, she wasn't just, like, brought back as a token character. Like, it no, was great no, to see her. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see her and the way they played it out, the way they played out Vader as well, like you said. Yes. Oh, God, And that yes. scene where Ezra's in the Sith Temple and Vader shows up on the platform that's just kind of lowering. And it's that such an iconic view with him. The, the cape is, like, kind of, like, blowing in the wind. And he's coming down with his with his red lightsaber, like yeah, really cool. Yeah, and, and the line, oh god, I'm not afraid of you, and yeah, then you'll die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you'll die without fear or something. Oh yeah. god, yes, Vader. <laughs> <laughs> he's great again. You know, you can you can finally forgive the whole the whole prequel thing. Yes. <laughs> when, when watching him in that role with the, the Ralph McQuarrie design, where he's very very angular, very angry looking yes. all the time. Yeah. So great. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It was, it was done. Yeah, you. Uh, it was worth you pushing me to, to well, to start watching it because once I started, I just finished it. Like it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, definitely worth, definitely worth, worth checking out if you haven't watched it. Um, that was only like a couple of weeks ago too. So I was, um, yeah, I'm just fresh off that boat. You were on the road, man. <laughs> 
Um, so what about the new Voltron? So you've been watching that? Or you've watched that? Yeah. Yes. It, it, I didn't even know it came out. I just, I just got up and I checked my emails and Netflix said, Hi, Martin. Uh, the new Voltron series is up. <laughs> you may be you interested might... in this. <laughs> yeah. And I've ended up watching the whole series. Uh, for, wow. for for an extended breakfast so right okay so you sat down for breakfast and you just TV. sat there is what you're saying yeah. <laughs> so my lunch was a second serving of breakfast on that <laughs> right. day. it's like hey I'm hungry again yeah it's 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 a great series it really embraces uh, the the tropes uh, of of the 80s yeah you know with the whole uh, having to go through through the whole tunnels and elevators just to reach your the hangars instead of just you know having the hangar somewhere near yeah, yeah. <laughs> near the the, com- the central station um and the characters were uh, were great there's, there's i don't have a gripe with with any with any of the figures that uh, the main villain gets uh, not enough screen time i think okay uh but I, I guess there's a, there's an inter- interesting story be behind him because he is he is linked to to the Voltron uh, lines, so to say. It's not just I have to get that weapon. He has a history. All right. Uh, so he's actually Voltron. yeah. Uh, and the, the dynamic, the humor, the animation, uh, it works. And it's not just a, a monster of the week thing. You have only two uh, two giant monsters. How are they called? Bio Biomex or something okay. like that. I uh, actually ha- I've only watched random episodes of Voltron um, from the late nineties because there was a reboot in the late nineties as well. Yeah. So I haven't watched the original Voltron because I was watching I had- the Macross Robotech stuff when I was oh, a kid. Okay. So yeah. But I've only seen the first two original or uh, uh, Lion Voltron episodes as, as well. But I've seen. A lot of the the vehicle Voltron stuff, right? Okay, and I want I want him to bring that back because there would be fifteen vehicles. That <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome to yeah. make a story about that now. But it's it's a really great it's it's a great show. Okay, it, it, uh, the problem is it ends very abruptly. Right. So perhaps uh, waiting for the for the second season to to watch the whole first season would be would be a good thing, but. I really enjoyed the show. I I, I like the, the storytelling. I like the stories themselves. Uh, yeah, because every uh, it's you can watch it as a Saturday morning cartoon, or you can watch it in one sitting. It interlocks very well. Right. It, yeah. it, and there's like you said, it's like the the it's a there there is one major arc. It's not just a bad guy of the day type thing. Um, no, no, no. There are yeah. two two bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you say. Um, and two two monsters actually is what you said, yeah, and yeah, um, two. but it ends on a cliffhanger. You said so. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's unsatisfying as massive, an ending. It's a massive cliffhanger. You have the the final battle, which is awesome because they really took the cues from eighties animation. It's done by the same team that did Legend of Korra. Oh right, so okay. You're getting you're getting your Netflix subscriptions worth of. Of content, and they have all these this eighties explosion, you know, where where you have this small, and yeah. then the whole thing blows up afterwards. Yeah, the the, the double boom, boom, yeah, <laughs> the mini boom and the big boom. Yeah. It looks so great. It was uh, it was a very enjoyable Monday. All right, cool. <laughs> so, all right, I'll I'll check it out because um, I don't have a cartoon, I don't have an animated thing that I'm watching right now. Um, 
I'll, yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah, well, well, if it's going to be un, if it's going to be an unsatisfying ending, then yeah, that's going to. Well, not unsatisfying, but I, I probably would have thirteen episodes. Right. And I thought, yeah, well, that's the end of episode eleven. Nothing will happen. And then um, instead of the watch the next episode screen, uh, the recommendation came up on Netflix. Ah, oh, you might also and enjoy. Thought, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you gotta be kidding me. That can't be the end. Come on. I gave up my Monday for this. <laughs> For this, yeah. <laughs> all right yeah so i mean i i i generally don't like when that happens but i mean if the journey to get there at least has some resolution then it's okay um yeah it it sets up uh you know it sets up the the team building very well because you can see this this last conflict as their uh, as the master study right. in how to work as a team. Right, so that's them. Co- so it's effectively them coming together as a team. Yeah, right? I mean, they, they work pretty well uh, beforehand, but yeah. that's like in, in Days of Future Past, that's the, that's the scene you have at the beginning of Days of Future Past. Right, okay. Where they all really work together yeah. and get, the, get their acts together. Yeah, just perfectly in sync kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That's cool. All right, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll let you know next time what my thought is. Uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to your to you. Yeah, well, especially since I'm I'm not a massive Voltron fan, so I don't know all of the background and the lore, right? So it'll be interesting to see if there's if there's anything that I'm like confused about as I, I watch they, it. They explain everything. All right, they go it's, back it's, to first principles and yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of things that end on a cliffhanger, I watched. It's on Netflix as well. Is an anime called Ajin A J I N. I don't know if you've seen that one. I think I have it on my on my list. It's worth watching. But it also doesn't end like it's not. It ends kind of on a cliffhanger, but it's a satisfactory. Like they actually finish off a story arc, and then it the story keeps going. So yeah. they just leave it kind of before the next major thing happens. But um, it's a very interesting show. The lead character is kind of. It's not even an antihero. Um. He's a very different type of archetype of character because he lacks any empathy. So he does things sometimes that are purely logical, and you're like, that's not a good thing to do. Like, you can't be a hero, you know? How, how can you do that, you know? <laughs> but what's great about it, so the, the, premise is, um, the premise is that there are these beings called Ajin um, who can't die. They're effectively immortals. Yeah. And in Japan, there's, a, there's only two, two of them that are known kind of thing to... to to the public, but as soon as one gets identified, the governments want them effectively. Um, and this kid, like, so they the first episode is they set up a lot of the background that these Arjuns exist and they're learning about them in school and how they're not, you know, they get classed as not human, so they're a, they get classed as a different species and stuff yeah. like that. And then this kid ends up being one, and so it's you just follow him and his journey as. As now he's like on the run because the government's after him. There's like private organizations after him. Who can he trust? Because there's a bounty on his head. Um, and then there's also like as the story builds, there's a resistance movement as well. It's done really well because there's some bits in there about how do you how do you capture and deal with a person who can't die? Yeah. And then so what, the other cool thing is like you you find out every time they do die, they get regenerated to uh, being full health. So they effectively, their body respawns in place with full health, right? So it's preferable for them to die if they're in a fight because then they come back with full health. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they get injured, the injury is they keep the injury until they die, they and then so if you, so for example, in a fight, if they get a broken arm for the rest of the fight while they're alive, they've got a broken arm. But if they die, the arm heals itself and they come back full health. <laughs> so with the teams of people who are trying to capture them, they've got ways for how to how to keep these people from dying and coming back full health. It's really interesting. Like there's some the the logistics of how they do some of these things is what makes the show really cool and it's really creepy as well. Like it's it's quite dark. Um and and they they you know trigger warning for like experimentation on humans and stuff like that. Yeah. So it does get quite dark, but um it's not gory in that sense. Um it's not like, you know, there's not like blood flying everywhere, like, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um and they also have and so I, you know, there's some other things that I won't give away, but definitely worth watching. Um okay. I, I think it sounds interesting. As, and it's only like I think it's only about 10 or 11 episodes as well, so it's definitely watchable. Um yeah, in a in a in a quick way, definitely worth checking out. Okay, I've wrote, I've wrote it down. I will check it out. Is it on on Netflix? You said it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely on on Netflix in America. So you should get it as well. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So aside from that, the only other thing I've been watching currently is uh, well, we had the, the Game of Thrones final, which was epic. But I'll save that for yeah, I've read about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. It's <laughs> pretty epic. Um, and. Um, I've been watching season three, I think we're at now, of The Hundred, which is my Game of Thrones um, off-season show. Uh, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions as well. The Hundred? Is that with the... Uh, with a rather younger younger uh, cast of characters? Yeah, it's a, it's a CW show, so it does have a younger cast of characters, all very, okay. all very good-looking. But it's a... Um, it's... It's like a post-apocalyptic thing where the sort of the human race is set between like these different tribes. Um, the world has been ravaged by nuclear war and like these are people who are picking up, but it's kind of like there's some, there's kind of future tech, but it's very primitive as well because you've got like local tribes uh, and they have to fight over territory and stuff like that. Okay. And there's a lot of politics between the different tribes and factions um, and... The show is not shy of going and doing things that just blow your mind sometimes. Um, it takes about four or five episodes to get into it. The first season, yeah. like the first four or five episodes, are kind of slow and feels very kind of teenage-y. There's a lot of angst going on. But what's great about the show is that almost every four episodes something happens that completely changes the dynamic of the show. So okay. you almost, if you don't like what's going on, you almost don't have to wait for too long before everything's going to change anyway. So yeah, because you have three episodes in, in the worst case. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like the way the show's done, unlike game of Thrones, it, there's not like an over, well, there's not an overarching kind of like the white walkers are coming. Like, you know, yeah. there's not a, uh, there's not a final, um, battle that it's building towards uh it's more of a roller coaster ride like every season is goes through an arc uh which is great and then within that one arc the dynamics of the show change several times like in terms of because you end up 
liking some characters and disliking others. But then because the situations are so extreme because everyone's fighting for their survival, you can kind of understand what's why people are making the decisions that they're making. And like part of the premise of the show is there are no good guys because everyone's doing things just to survive. And sometimes the things they have to do will take them to the edge and they'll cross lines that you'll be like, Oh, I'm not sure about that. You know, really cool. Really interesting. Um, Really interesting show. Like, it's a fun show to watch. Okay, The Hundred. Yeah. It does get my endorsement. It's really cool. Um, so that's pretty much it for now. Like, I haven't been watching anything else. That takes up enough of my time, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the problem. You have work and everything on the side. Yeah. It's not like we can have fun all the time. Oh, can't we? Jeez. Oh. All right. Um, <laughs> should we move on to comics? Let's move on. All right. So, what have you been reading? Huh. DC Rebirth. Re- <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. What's your take? I'm not sure. Uh, it's essentially saying, yes, people. We know we fucked up with the new Fifty Two. We're trying to make everything better by incorporating Watchmen into the DC universe. Yeah. Well, and it's, so it's a course correction, right? It's a, uh, it's a course yeah. correction on the New 52, and they folded in the Watchmen universe with yeah. now what the DC universe is. And is that, is that, like, is it working out? Do you like what they're doing with that? It's, it's not... It's, it's, in the, it's on the back burner, the whole Watchmen thing. Right. What I like about it is that they brought uh, the, classic, the classic Superman back, so to say. So the the new fifty two Superman died. Oh right. And okay. uh, this version of of Superman or this version. Classic Superman has a kid now who's also super powered. Right. And Lois Lane is a is a is she's an author and she writes um critical books that expose the criminal machinations of organizations and stuff and really? it comes into conflict with uh, Intergang because of that wow she's it's, like Mario Puzo she's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's it's, the, the metropolis version of the godfather <laughs> is what she's writing yeah and, and, it's, and it's well made uh, and I really like what they did with Aquaman in, in, in the last issue because it basically ends superhero if it has a, a, a wider range, it would have would have ended superhero comics as we know them. Oh, really? You mean just the, yeah, the, the storyline in the Aquaman series? Just just a moment, because he offers he, he offers Black Manta the chance to kill him. Um, oh, and Black Manta declines. Wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have. He opens a center for um. How should I put it? Um, human and Atlantean relations. Yeah. And they have this big opening party and Black Manta um, pla- uh, plants a bomb there. Right. And sets it off. And of course Aquaman goes and fights him. And at some point in the fight, Aquaman says, you know, this is ridiculous. We're doing this every time. Uh, here, take my spear. And if you'd like it, kill me. Just end it now, man. End it now. But it won't give you any satisfaction. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, and he drops the spear, drops to his knees. And, yeah, and I thought, hey, that's, that's just a great moment. <laughs> you know, you've, you've ended Aquaman. Yeah. 
right, oh, interesting. right there and then. <laughs> and, and, and superhero comics to a certain extent. Yeah, well, if you take out, yeah, depending on who you take out, right? Yeah. It's crazy. It was a great moment, and, I, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, where it goes from there. Okay. And that's that's a great thing about, about Rebirth, those those two things those those are the only things i'm i'm following because uh, batman the first issue was great second issue wasn't wasn't that great right okay and that's all i i'm i'm reading except when when blue beetle comes out and and dr fate i'll be checking those out too yeah blue blue beetle should be cool he's he's one yeah. of my favorite characters yeah ted god is back yeah <laughs> he's back from the dead nice. he's been reborn <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was interesting with the whole DC Rebirth thing. Is this the same timing that Marvel announced the uh, Captain America being Hydra? Yeah. They kind of stole some of DC's thunder by that, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. took over the Twitter sphere and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, DC is just rebooting their stuff all the time these days. It's like, you know, just give us, give us a, consistent, a consistent story that we can follow. But yeah. I guess that's their thing anyway. It's just, it's all like happening in pocket universes and. You never know. The problem is we don't have the numbers because DC could really set it itself aside from Marvel by um, making progress through actual stories instead of events. Yeah. True, right? Because they're just relying on events to kind of relaunch these things all the time. But if yeah. they told some good stories, um, like classic stories, or stories that would become classic, that would be classic, great. Yeah. You know, give us something to sort of look forward to in that point of view, not just rebooting all these characters all the time. Yes, yeah. um, then, I don't know if you can hear that, but there's like uh, the tourist boat downstairs is kind of... Oh, yeah, now I can hear it. ...putting out an announcement. So anyway, hopefully that stops soon. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Um, yeah, so I haven't... I've, uh, two things that I've been looking at was the just the Captain America being Hydra. That's an interesting thing to see how that ends up um, with the story and how they explain it. It feels a little bit like a more of a marketing shtick than anything else. Like, I don't know. Have you read the second issue of Captain America, Steve Rogers? No. You get the explanation there. Oh, really? Already? Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. I need to read the explanation. Is it satisfying? Have you? Have yes, you... yes. It's it's the thing that I anticipated. Right. Uh. Uh, with with a twist on it because I didn't uh, read Standoff, that 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 uh, prison storyline with the with the cosmic cube girl. Right. Okay. I, I haven't read that one. It's yeah. If you we both talk comic book and we talked about mind control earlier. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. So I mean, it's a bit more. Uh, there's, there's, there's more to there's, it than mind control. There's, there's more but... to it than that. Okay. All right, cool. So I'll have to look that up. So we, we won't spoil yeah. that one yet. Let's just... No. no. I think it's too, too recent because that was only in the last couple of weeks or the last week or so, right? That would have Last week, yeah. yeah so the last two weeks. I haven't yeah. checked it out yet. And the other one was uh, that, I, that I really enjoyed was Deadpool, uh, Spider-Man Deadpool number six, where they go through um, the studios making fun of all the movies. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> and they had the... Um, what what do they make? They call the uh, Batman Superman one uh, the the yawn of boredom. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Great commentary. Yeah, see the screen grab from that one. Yeah, so it's so Deadpool. It's worth it's worth checking out. <laughs> oh dear. All right, cool. Um, anything else from from a comic point of view that you're looking at? 
Yeah, the Flintstones comic. Really? Was awesome. Yes. I read it yesterday. Massive action set pieces? Like... <laughs> no, no, but... You know, when the whole when the whole thing was announced, I thought it would go nowhere. But yep. then I've, I've read uh, Future Quest and, and all the things that came out and they were already great. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, well, at the, they're going to trip up at the Flintstones. And they didn't. And it's such... It's it's a story about evolution. Oh right. Uh, to a certain degree and and how 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 violence fuels uh evolution and, and oh, wow. technology. Seriously? The Flintstones yes. went there? Yes. <laughs> and at the same time uh it's it's all too human because there's there's a scene where Wilma Wilma uh paints in her free time yeah. and she gets an exhibition. Right. And she does, basically she does cave paintings uh, of of her handprint. Oh wow! And then she explains the meaning of the handprint, and right. it is such a human thing that we do every day. We do it right now. It's just us proclaiming that we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were here. That's why and we take Instagram photos. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I, I've I've read this wow. thing, and, and and Susie was in the room with me, and and I told her read read the Flintstones comic. It's it's amazing. Wow. That's like, a, was like il- that's like an anthropo- anthropological commentary. <laughs> that goes pretty yeah. deep. It's, it's it's awesome. It's great. And if 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 the series is cancelled at this point, it was the perfect the perfect issue. How many issues have they had? It's the first one. Was the oh really? Was the okay. first issue? Yeah, it was already great. I'm I'm aboard. Wow, that's if, if they keep up that that that's worth checking level out of storytelling. Yeah, it's great. Wow, all right, cool. I'll, I'll have a look at that. I was actually uh, going to drop by the comic sh- store this afternoon uh, on my way back from... Um, we we're going to go out for lunch, so I'll yeah. check out... I'll look for, yeah, I'll, the, I'll look for Flintstones. Flintstones. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Look forward to that. Uh, yeah, awesome. I, I'm going to oh, add yeah. that to my pool list. Did you know... <laughs> did you watch The Chetsons? Uh, the cartoon I watched, yeah. yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, then get, there's a comic book out that's called The Joiners. The Joiners, okay. The Joiners, and it's basically, it's the Jetsons, but if, um, what was the dad's name? George. Uh, George Jetson yeah. was Steve Jobs. Seriously? <laughs> it's great. It's amazing. All right. <laughs> all right cool that sounds interesting yeah. <laughs> the joiners it's called the so joiners, who's, yeah. who's doing these are, are, are these variant or like which which comic no no the, the joiners is from boom comics boom right it has nothing to do with with the jetsons but as as you read it uh you know you you see all these little hints because it's george george joiner right all oh, right so it's, it's just daughter yeah and the robotic maid yeah okay cool <laughs> It's great. Are there Apple logos everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of, of, of future tech. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a great comic. <laughs> cool. I'll keep an eye out for that and Flintstones. So it's, it's interesting. They're both like, you know, those old Hanna-Barbera style um, things yeah. um, from, I don't know, it's like the 80s? The 80s, the 70s, yeah. 80s. In case of the Flintstones, the 70s, yeah. even earlier. So... Yeah, it's that it's that whole nostalgia thing coming back and like being being re- repurposed for the for the yeah. for 2016, I guess. But in these cases, it works really great. The same with with Future Quest. Um, 
you know, we know we know the vocabulary of the, of the characters mm -hmm. of the franchises, and then seeing it repurposed, yeah, is, is, is such a great thing. Uh, thoughtfully repurposed, yeah. not just being thrown together, not just randomly. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get more of that because there's a lot of stuff yeah. just being thrown together as well. So <laughs> yeah, there, there was this <laughs> like, interview. I think Jeff Parker is, is writing Future Quest, and in an interview he said that there are these these blob things in the Herculoids, mm -hmm. and he was thinking about because I think they share. I, I didn't watch as uh, so much of the Herculoids, but they share consciousness. Right, the blobs do. And one of yeah, I think, and one of those is bonding with uh, the Big Bad. Right. Okay. Which gets blown up. So what happens to that part of the consciousness? And seeing that in in the comic book. Uh, after after hearing the interview, yeah, you know they're really overthinking that wow. those things to a certain degree. But when you see them executed, it's it's really interesting. Well, that's what's cool as well is that they can explain that in the comic book, right? Yeah, they can actually show you how it how it all fits together and fits works together, out. Yeah. And that's part of what it's about is about um, building that world and making it make sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> not just throwing a silly idea out there and just saying, "Oh, take it on faith." It it works. It'll work. Yeah. All right. Cool. Awesome. That was a, that was a, that was a couple of good recommendations this this time around. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I think we've got to the end of our agenda for uh, yes. our agenda, which we sat down and plotted out in the dark room. <laughs> <laughs> in our breaks between gold farming. Yes. <laughs> for our online. <laughs> Life. Yeah, for sure. So that was great for episode five. Um, episode six, we need to think about, uh, well, we need to make sure we plan that one out so we don't let it run out too far. Uh, but yep. hopefully we can do it within the next four weeks. So, Yeah, I'm on, huh, I'm on vacation. What, for the next in, four weeks? No, no, in three weeks. All oh, right, okay. For a month. Oh, really? Awesome. Yes. Cool. So yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely set something up. I'll keep a free weekend and stuff and then we can, we can plan that one. But uh, yeah, that was episode five. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> and we filled it with delicious yeah. goods. Did we, in my opinion. Did we, and we came in just under two hours. That's good. We're oh, doing, that's great, we're yeah. doing slightly better with timekeeping. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a feel for it. Yeah. That was cool. I thought it went, went well. Um, uh, yeah. So aside from this, I don't, know, I don't know where that noise comes from. That was an abrupt end, but then it gives an excuse to return next time and discover the nature of the mystery sound Niff encountered. In the meantime, you can contact us at asteroidsinexile at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, have a great time, until the next time, you'll hear from us.